Uh, I wanted to give a, a quick shout out to uh, to Zoe and the Delaware Art Museum. Uh, I was lucky uh, at the last minute to go f- uh, facilitate some workshops uh, on audio storytelling, which is museum speak for podcasting, um, as part of a program called uh, Building New Narratives. It was five very creative, uh, enthusiastic women. And on Wednesday, uh, we got to uh, come uh, to the Bunker Studio for the Grand Tour. Um, and I just want to let them know I'm using the USB microphone that we were all talking about. So you can let me know uh, how different it sounds. Folks, I'm not in the shadow of Rockford Tower, but uh, rest assured, uh, we have we have uh, security and, and teams well positioned, uh, so don't worry about that. Um, I'm in a remote secured location, and I am joined by Super Producer Carl and uh, William Martin Esquire. Um, hello, Carl, and hello, Bill. Good afternoon, Rob. Hello. So originally. Um, I thought uh, there would be some sort of update uh, from Dover because t- today, as we drop this, is the the big final day of the uh, the legislative session, and um, we kicked it off. Uh, and I said, uh, "Carl, do you have any updates?" He's like, "Nah, not really. Probably tomorrow." Yeah, I mean, I'll just say that all this uh, smoke and haziness we have in our atmosphere. There's a lot of black smoke coming out of the. Uh, uh, legislative hall right now but maybe it'll change color soon are we yeah, talking you... about are we talking about like um are we talking about like uh, uh pope uh valerinus uh the first uh i mean you like can take crucif- that uh you can take it however you want okay well, that's is open to interpretation that's true that's true i'll tell well, you guys what's weird uh, you know people have been coming out of the woodwork for me this week asking can i form a delaware limited liability company and I, I'm happy to help them. It's like 90 bucks and then my time. But just all of a sudden, I don't know if you guys know what's up, but yeah, since pretty much beginning of June, I'm doing Every, dozens, dozens a day. Everybody wants one now. Apparently, um, you guys want one? I thought we had. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm don't basically we, giving don't them we, out. Don't we have like 12 already? <laughs> Hopefully. That was, the whole, that was the whole point. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on with that. Um I think Carl mentioned it in one of the last two episodes, but yeah, we have a, I have a lot of ideas for like a, a wrap up show. Once this, once the curtain closes on this disaster show, um, but we'll, we'll, maybe we'll just leave it there and we'll, we'll cover it once, once the, once the shots, uh, once there's a ceasefire, uh, in a, in a week or two. So before we get into the, the De- state of Delaware versus Samuel Waters case, which um, I attended. Well, I was I was involved with in multiple ways. Actually, we'll talk about that. Uh, I thought we would talk uh, quickly about the AMC meme stock uh, hearings that are happening. I guess they happen today and tomorrow in the Chancery Court. So this is another meme stock uh, sort of uh, that uh, has been talked about before by chance, uh, and uh, they're having their settlement hearings. Um, now so bill attended today got a got a dipped his toe in the water of the chancery court and as soon as he got there what happened uh there was a there was a bomb threat so that was fun maybe yeah who knows what happened this morning around like 10 a.m 
Uh, but yeah, I'll catch you guys up really quick because we've we've covered uh, this AM, AMC shareholder litigation with Chancery Daily at least one episode prior this this summer. Uh, and today was sort of like what what Chance is referred to as their Super Bowl. It's a two day hearing where you've got the main plaintiff here, which is the Allegheny County uh, Retirees Pension Fund, essentially suing AMC and their board of directors for you know improperly diluting their investments in the stock. I think is the most like layperson's way I can put it. Um, yeah, so basically there were like arguments today, like you would see in any sort of adversarial adversarial uh, court case. And then what they had done is individual individuals who were opposing the filing of the settlement from all over the country, maybe even all over the world, were, were basically able to sign up for like a 15 minute time slot today. Uh, so I came in, I was uh, escorted in. Uh, by Sean O'Sullivan. Uh, of course, of course. Long, long-time fans of the show will recall he was very helpful to Rob and me uh, in Dover last year this time. Uh, I got to catch up with Chance a little bit. Uh, and then, yeah, Rob, as you said, uh, opening arguments basically began before Vice Chancellor Zern up on the 12th floor of the courthouse, which I believe is the top floor. Uh, the plaintiff's attorney is a guy, I believe, from out of state. He, again, he's representing the pension fund. Ah. <sighs> You know, he kind of he had a fucked up voice. You know, a lot of people are talking about RFK Jr. these days. This guy had a had kind of a voice to to rival uh, RFK Jr. So basically, he's like ten minutes in to his intro, and we get sort of a tepid fire alarm sound throughout the courthouse. You know, like testing, testing, bleep bloop, bleep bloop. So basically, long story short, they evacuate everyone from the courtroom. Some people, including Chance, go all the way down all twelve flights of stairs. Uh, they caught me about halfway and we're like, all right, guys, it's false alarm. Come on back in. Uh, but at that point, I think everyone was kind of spooked. So they recessed for another hour. Uh, long story short, I was listening in this afternoon. There were a couple of impassioned um, objectors, uh, a gentleman who is actually like an Air Force pilot who used to fly the Obamas around during his presidency. And then just like a real genuine, sweet guy from Tennessee who said he drove here overnight to testify it was the first time speaking in public and uh it's just like really powerful kind of uh you know uh, testimony from these individual retail retail stockholders who i think have been you know we've been in their corner all along right yeah and and um it's interesting because i'm hearing things i'm reading from dover uh is this is a big this is sort of a, a hot topic right now uh, protecting sort of the the retail stock investor, the regular sort of stock owner, so they don't uh, get their their stock diluted and their shares diluted. But we'll be talking more about that again once the session closes. I got one little bit of trivia. I think Carl will appreciate this too. There were a couple characters from recent past in the courtroom today. There is a local objector. Her name is uh, Rose Izzo. <laughs> she has ran for like plethora of local offices i was like i know that name sounds so familiar i think she most recently was in a primary with larry lambert but she's like run for governor she's been a republican she's been a democrat and her attorney in the matter is a guy named ted cotillia and he most uh, recently ran against uh budweiser bud friel in yeah. that special election last year i so thought it was like he I... ran against laura sturgeon uh yes exactly in 2022 yeah yeah i voted for ted cotillia or whatever his name is because it was like my it was my bud protest vote because yes. uh we went through that whole thing about trying to get Dr. Bohm uh nominated by the party, you know, like eight people pick or whatever. 
Yeah. So yeah, say I should. I wish I was there. I could have been like, bro, I, I pulled the lever for you, bro. Come on, bro. I'm a supporter. I'm, he's just another. He's just another one of the perennial fucking losers. Like the guy. I really hope. Um, and this will be the last. I guess I'll I'll mention until we get into the the big topic. Um, I hope Big Murph Go Murph uh, runs against uh, Lisa um, because he. I mean, he's been embarrassed. He's been rinsed. He's been put through the ringer, taken behind the woodshed, all of that stuff. But he is going to be beaten. And I just, oh man, it would just be so good. I really and don't Bill, have any. I don't have any comment here. I mean, he has been embarrassed, but you know what? He embarrassed me earlier this year at Tom Carper's farewell address. He called me out for wearing tasseled loafers without socks, and I really haven't been able to show my face around the riverfront since then. Rob, you were did. there. I he look did. great. He did. He did. We were both dressed uh, like to the like for a, like a springtime at the waterfront. You know, yeah. I was wearing I was wearing like a pastel linen shirt. Even I mean, I have to give a shout out. Uh, Treasurer Colleen uh, Davis saw us. Uh, saw she's like, you guys are looking very smart. Yeah, I mean, look, we were looking good, but then we see on Facebook, what's he say? He's like, it's a bunch of bunch of fancy boys, fancy lads down there. They don't know working people. He knows working people. Exactly. Said. He does. It was funny because he immediately walked away. Once you could tell it was a, a thing, he was on the phone, and I was going to go fuck with him. As I said, I think I, re- I think I said this at the time, and I could just hear him like already his gears were already turning, already going. Third time's go. the charm. Third time's the charm. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, the AMC Chancery um, settlement. I don't want to call it litigation. I guess it is though today, but it was really cool. Uh, we've had uh, we've had a vested interest in it, just kind of as uh, Delawareans, as observers. And, uh, you know, I hope that it resolves at least with some favorability to, uh, the little person here. So, yeah, that would be, that would be nice. Uh, and I guess that's a kind of a good segue, um, into the larger story. You know, you get, um, every once in a while you get, you know, a little bit of accountability, a little bit of responsibility, you know, through all of the, through all of the esoteric legalese and, 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 you know, and missteps and, and funny business, there is in there somewhere um, somebody has to take responsibility. So that's the story. Um, this week, earlier this week, there was a uh, a verdict in the state of Delaware versus Samuel Waters. Um, Samuel Waters was the ex-Wilmington cop who became internet famous by uh, ramming someone's head against the plexiglass at the Three C's bodega in Southbridge. Um in covering the trial, I found out that it was a lot more. It was a, there was a lot more to it um, than just that incident, even. Um, but the first thing that happened, and I think you guys know this, but I might as well just report it, is um, I got called for jury duty, uh, and it just so happened to arrive on the first day of the State versus Samuel Waters trial. Um, so I I get a message from Lex. I'm sitting in the jury room, and the message says, "You come into court." the first day of Waters trial. And I'm like, I'm already in court. I'm in the jury selection room. <laughs> so we went up and, and, you know, we went through voir dire and um, because even though I answered yes to some of the challenge questions, I could, I could have served, you know, I could change, I could have changed my schedule and served. So I went back. And as soon as I was like, as soon as I said, yeah, I saw the video. And uh, I actually, as a, as a sort of an independent journalist covered the NAACP sort of press conference, he was like, oh, okay, you're excused. <laughs> And thank you. I, I, thank you. S- Goodbye. See you in a couple of years. 
<laughs> and uh, as I told you, uh, it was fun because uh, as as Judge Jones dismissed me, I was actually you know in the in the hallway where the the conference rooms are and the judges' chambers and, and things on the fourth floor. And uh, who do I run past? Uh, all robed up, uh, His Honor, the Honorable uh, Eric Davis. Uh, was I, I? I I think I said, "Hey, you're Eric. Hey, Judge Eric Davis." And he was basically like, "Hey, how you doing? Get the hell out of here!" <laughs> uh, like that kind of thing. He, you know, so you know, when was, you're uh, when when you're excused from jury duty, we encourage you to skedaddle and just get out of here as fast as possible. Please. Yeah, there's literally a bailiff at the door of the conference room, and then at the end of the hall, there's another bailiff like waving you through, like, "Okay." Get the fuck out. <laughs> like, you know. Especially you. It's, yeah, we already we've been watching you. Well, it was funny because when they brought the jury pool up to the to the courtroom, um, there was like 50, 60 people to pick this jury. And some of them had to sit in the jury box and then some of them had to sit on the other side of the bar, like at the at council tables. So I was at council tables. And again, I get another message from Lex. I can't believe you're on the other side of the bar. And I look back and he's with Sean O'Sullivan sitting in the back. Uh, so it was a pretty funny. It was a pretty funny experience. Uh, I also noticed in all of our notes back and forth that I continually were spelling waters with two T's and it like throw back to like Ricky Waters, the old uh, the Eagles uh, running back. Running back. Yeah. I don't I think that must have been stuck in my mind. I have no idea why I was doing that. It's one T. It's always ever been one. But I just got this stuck in my mind. So, you know, he looks it. like his last name should be Munster, like M-U-N-S-T-E-R. But I know what you mean about I was I was sometimes confusing it. One T, two T. Yeah. Well, it is funny because there is, um, as there always is in these kind of um, things, there's there's some, you know, there's some statements that are made, um, you know, in situations that become uh, that become part of the public record. And we have a lot of those um, and they're they're very funny. Um, so we'll get to them in due course, but um, we will have more sort of like confidentiality level like like stuff. So be, be forewarned. Got it. So the case is basically every everybody knows, or I shouldn't say everyone, but it was it was very public. The incident at the bodega in Southbridge, uh, you see from the security camera that uh, Waters takes um, the head from from behind, the head of Dwayne Brown, and smashes it against the the, the plexiglass there um, two times, I think. And then and that was on September twenty first, two thousand twenty one. So he was charged in in relation to that incident, and we'll go over the charges in a minute. But included in the indictment were charges in, on an, in another incident, uh, I think of two weeks before, uh, on the 12th, uh, on Van Buren Street. And at like four in the morning, there's a domestic disturbance sort of in the street. Um, they have to make an arrest. There is body cam footage of it. So there is footage of it, but it wasn't public until the trial. So this is sort of like new stuff. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, Carl, because I think it was in the the final article article that um, that Lex uh, posted today. But uh, that was, I think, the first time anybody had seen that. And it was basically the same uh, the same charges. Basically, they were a little bit different. Uh, We'll get into that when we get into the details. But it was basically third degree assault uh, or offensive touching. If you didn't think it met all the elements for third degree assault. Uh, and official misconduct. The difference is in the Southbridge incident with Mr. Brown, there are uh, discrepancies on paperwork. We'll call them lies, 
embellishments, exaggerations, that type of thing. And they weren't on the description. There was no discrepancies in paperwork in the first uh, incident. But there's a very funny reason uh, why that is. And so we'll have to put a pin in that and we'll get to it when we when we do the review. So, uh, Bill, did you did you uh, did you know anything about the first incident or have you read anything about it? Uh, if you mean the first chronologically, I did not. That was like the first time I found out about it this week. Uh, I mean, the visual of what I guess we'll call the second incident, which is the one in Southbridge. I think it's called Three C's Market, like yeah. the corner corner store like that. I had completely forgotten about this occurring, but, you know, it was like burned into my brain at some point because I remember once you mentioned that this case was coming up in Superior Court, I immediately remembered the sort of the side angle, the plexiglass, the... Uh, the amount of pain and discomfort that this officer was putting this gentleman in. Uh, so, but yeah, this first incident, uh, which I guess the first set of charges was, was new to me. I guess one thing even to mention about this officer and forgive me if I'm jumping here, but he came from a Maryland police department to Wilmington as a young man after he had been terminated in Maryland for basically doing like something that a seventh grader who's been listening to Eminem lose yourself constantly which is he flicked off a woman in traffic at an intersection. She followed him back to the station and uh, like lodged a complaint against him, which ultimately he lied about and then was terminated over. So I think that's really neat. Uh, I know we're not really going to talk about Leobor or Podpat today. I think we need to maybe digest what's going to happen in the legislative session first, but I definitely want to do that at some point with you guys. But I just think that's funny. Like, uh, when he was hired by the Wilmington Police Department, we don't know for sure whether they were familiar with the the disciplinary charges in Maryland or the disciplinary termination over the dumbest conduct that you can do. He claimed to uh, one of his colleagues that he was just giving the finger because he was rapping along to a song. Oh, man, is that the, that's the details? I remember yeah. it was just like I remember it was something very stupid, but I didn't know that de that detail. I'm not surprised, as you said, he's not he doesn't look like. What, the, what would Trump say? We're not, we're not getting, we're not getting the best. We're not we're, sending our best. We're not yeah. sending our best. That's yeah, it, it's, it's bad, but okay. So before we get to the details, just a couple of um, quick sort of housekeeping things. Um, the uh, judge who I had never seen uh, before uh, is uh, Francis J. Pete Jones. Um, I don't know how you get Francis J. and Pete, but it's Pete Jones, um, his honor. And uh, the two attorneys uh, were David Skaransky for the state who uh, I think has been in and out of that um, civil, you know, public trust and whatever for back and forth from time to time. Uh, and uh, for the defense, uh, the the longtime Wilmington defense attorney, John Malik, who uh, who I did not know, but is about six, seven guys. Oh, wow. Extremely tall. So I was there. Uh, so I gleaned this information basically from seeing two witnesses and closing arguments um, and talking to Lex and the summer intern, Connor, uh, who's from the University of Delaware, who was also covering up Lex. So I, I can kind of, as I go, sort of say if I got it firsthand or secondhand, but um, the, also I can say that the the article that they wrote and published uh, today uh, is, is, a, is a very good one. Um, and, you know, I would I would recommend everybody take a look at that. So the first bill... Literally the first ten minutes I'm there, they call this witness, and I, I, I just I couldn't believe you weren't there. So it was this. It was so the defense calls this guy Rick Torres. 
This guy started, he's a retired state cop. This guy started in like as a Denrec like game ranger. Uh, but he got into like boxing and MMA and got invited to do like training at the Delaware State Police Academy. And then, you know, he's talking about all the stuff he he's like, I don't I got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I'm like, oh my God. And he finally is on, he's like, well, we don't call it SWAT, we call it the, the spot team. But he was like, he does, he he does uh room entry, rapid room entry. Oh he's, amazing. He, he used the word operator. Okay. So you, you see you see where so I'm going. He here? does SWAT style room entry. He uh you guys remember that like that like fake fight club that was in Wilmington maybe eight to ten years ago on like Green Hill Avenue and second or third street. He would like he'd be into like a fake fight club, it sounds like. Yeah, this guy was an absolute fucking chud. Um so he's the expert on like use of force. And everything you can imagine, all your worst nightmares are, are going to be sort of coming true. Like after they sort of talk a little bit about the league, his background and then like the legal stuff. Like, you know, what cases do you use to set these, you know, to train to with all that stuff? He starts talking about pre-assault indicators. Like, hey, if anybody like acts weird, if you're trying to follow them. They're probably guilty. So only good pe good people will will not you know will not behave in that way. So it's like behaviors. Um, are you guys familiar? We always say furtive moves. Are you guys familiar with the term blading? Do you know what that is? No. Is it a so form of back talk? <laughs> kind of. It's like they said, like if you if you dip your shoulder, you might be going for something, or if you adjust your body in some way, like like that you make it look like you're moving you're it's called blading and they're like oh that's a trigger that's a trigger right there we have to use we have to upgrade the violence for that and like i said something to lex lex is like i fucking hate that term but yeah it's like furative moves like it's like that so he was explaining what blading is and then of course they show the video uh and they're talking about what uh brown had in his hand and there's this or that and he was like he pushes him and he goes, yep, there's the blading. You see the blading? He's dipping the she's doing dipping the shoulder. And I'm like, it it was it was absolutely horrible. It was everything you can expect how bad it was. Uh I love just being able to make up expert witness testimony. <laughs> yeah. Blading, but blading. <laughs> I I had to underline it in my notes. Pre-assault indicators, blading. Well, this this kind of came up in the facts, right? I mean, because the the Waters, the officer, he he was escalating the situation because he already had like a bad feeling. Like he maybe had someone told him that Mr. Brown or someone with his description was like in the area. So here's what happened, and here okay. here's I'll, I'll I'll give you the details of this one first, and then we'll go back to the earlier one. But within this one is one of the great sayings of the trial. So apparently. Uh, Mr. Brown, you know, is a neighborhood guy, and there's a couple ladies at the at the daycare um, who you know run the daycare, teachers and stuff that he he likes to chat up, we'll say, and so they they prefer that he didn't do that, uh, but he continues to do that, and they said he one day he offered him money to like take the boot off their car and stuff and just like hitting on him, you know, whatever. <clears throat> so they call. 
they call the they call the cops and when the cops come he's still like hanging around and they they see him and they they point him out and so waters then starts to follow him up the street but the woman reported that when he was there he was like they asked him to leave and he went he just said uh when are you going to let me inside that pussy and the way it came out was during closing arguments, John Malik had to be like, and you remember, he said it was horrible. It was horrible, folks, but I have to, I have to say it. When am I going to get some of that pussy? <laughs> like people, I look over at Lex and Lex is like, that's the fifth time he said that. He's like covering Connor's ears, like earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like Lex said, um, when, when Mr. Brown testified, like, rather than say, yeah, I mean, I said it, you know, and kind of cop to it, he made up some story about, like, catcalling another woman that he knew that was walking down the street or something. It's some some cockamamie story. Not that it matters, but it was just funny. Me, me hearing it for the first time in closing arguments from Malik, it was just like the way he said it. I was like, okay, all right. Guess that's what it was. So, so, uh, so what time of so, day was this, by the way, too? I feel like this was like mid morning. Okay. All right. Yeah, it was like daytime. And so then they get into like, well, now, so now he's behind him walking down the street. Now the story is, oh, he's nervous. He's looking back. He ducks into the bodega, whatever. What they claim is he was basically resisting. You know, all this is all resisting, whatever. But when he first gets into the bodega, what you notice is they're facing each other and they're like, like this and a lot was made of the idea that when he had his back turned uh you couldn't see what there was in his hands he had like a phone charger up under his arm and his wallet out and stuff in his hands but as as uh as the prosecution stated on cross-examination like waters is the one who turned him around like as soon as he got him he turned him around and pushed him up against the thing so if, if that's more dangerous then why why did you do it um, but again, uh, the, the, the guy, uh, Torres was just, you know, talking about how, you know, Hey, anything, anything could happen out there, folks. So you gotta, you gotta do, you know, it's not, he'll say stuff like it's not trained that way. Um, but like, I don't really know. Um, the, uh, the other incident was like 10 days before. And there's body cam footage of this. You know, it's not real clear, but you can tell what's going on. So they roll up to a, uh, like a, there wasn't like physical fight, but it was like a, something was going on in the street and it's like a domestic dispute. And these two officers, Clark and Geisel, move the, the man who's in the dispute over to a car. And he's yelling a little bit. He's not running or being violent, but he's just like, what the hell? You're lying. You know, all this stuff getting pulled over to the car. Well, uh, Officer Clark, um, she she says, bend over the hood so I can handcuff you. He says, fuck that. You can just handcuff me like this. I'm not going to bend over the car. So he puts his hand behind his back. But she says, you got to bend over. And she takes his her hand in the middle of his back and slams him down on the car and goes to cuff him. Now, Geisel comes up, is cuffing him. But he's now he's mad because she slammed him on the car. Here comes fucking Waters running in with his nightstick. Takes his nightstick and jams it in the back of his neck. Now, 
he's waiting. Now he's handcuffed. And he takes another shot and smashes him down into the thing with his nightstick on his neck and bursts his lip open. He says, you just fucking bust my lip open. And they drag him off and, and you know, they arrest him. And so that was all uh, on body cam. Yes, that was all on body cam. Okay. Now, the interesting thing with that is the second witness I saw that day was uh, Sergeant Daniel Moore, who was like the boss. He, he was like in charge of all the patrols that morning. Um, and he was on the scene as this arrest was happening. So, you know, he's interviewing uh, uh, the man who was arrested, Julius Hubbard. It was the man's name. And um, he said, uh, you know, he, he said, this could, could it have been Clark who pushed him and busted his lip? He's like, no, he said uh, the little bald white guy busted my lip. He kept saying that over and over again. So that was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> um so they took some pictures of his lip and all of that. <clears throat> now, ah, this is a defense witness, remember. He's writing up his reports at the end of the shift. Sergeant Moore's, you know, watching everybody writing their reports, looking at it. Was, you know, it, was a pretty, it was a pretty violent incident. So he's looking, and he was like, and so I saw him use words that would make it sound like he was resisting, like he was flailing his arms around, or he was, you know, verbally combative or whatever. And I was like, you can't, you can't put that in there. I, I was there. That that's not what that's a that's not a good uh description of what happened. So basically makes him change it. And so the the charges for that incident are an assault, and then there's a special assault because it was a deadly weapon. The nightstick was a deadly weapon. Right. Also found out Wilmington PD are using um outdated nightstick technology. The state police use the, the, the one that, that breaks down and the three, uh, but the Wilmington PD used to have the old old time ones that you spin, like the clock people on the head with. Ooh, you so, can spin them. Yeah, we have outdated technology, though. But you can spin okay. them. Yeah. Uh, I'd hold on to those for as long as possible. It looks really cool when you spin the nightstick. Yeah, it's like fat ties, skinny ties, too. They're going to come back into fashion. Yeah, exactly. I hope they hold on to them. So, so, he, so he, he changes... Uh, and 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 I guess makes a more accurate statement, files a more accurate report in the Hubbard case. In the second case, in the Brown case from Southbridge, he puts his embellishments in the report. Then when they when they see the video, so he doesn't have his he doesn't have his body worn camera on going into the bodega. They only get that video from the bodega CCTV camera. Then his body cam is on when they're outside once he's cuffed and there's a conversation. There's also a conversation with his body camera on with the constables at uh, the Wilmington Hospital where he claims not to know who it was. So you can't say, well, I treated him that way because I knew who he was and then tell the constables you didn't know who he was. But Mallet's point being like he knew who he was, but didn't know his name, but he, he knew he was a bad dude or whatever. You know, I, you know, these, because he it, was blading. He was inline skating. He was blade, he too was, close he to dipped, the cars. He, he, he dipped. Asked, did she dip? He dipped his shoulder like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it, it was um, it, it was pretty funny that that guy was like, yeah, I, I made him correct it. He was just saying all kinds of crazy stuff. I was like, you can't can't say any of this. And I was like, oh, way to go, Sergeant Moore. Thanks, buddy. Well, just out of curiosity, does anyone ask? The officer waters like why was your body cam off during the crucial part of this scenario they, and not they, later or and it, it was on later. 
Yes, they do mention like er, sort of ever. It was mentioned even in that day, both in the testimony and in the closing, that like he goes in, body cameras not on, violation of policy, and the only reason we we had the camera from the shop that so it was it was it was mentioned as part of the uh, as part of evidence and circumstances like a couple maybe three times, and I was only there that one day, so okay. So that was it. Uh, everybody, everybody closed. Um, and now we get to the closing statements. So I, I'll just, I'll just kind of wrap. I, I, I don't want to get into like the instructions because it just talks about what elements go to what crime. You don't, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's too esoteric. Um, but there was some interesting things the way it was framed by the state. Um, so Saransky said just basically had three bullet points. Um, the force that was used was not in proportion to what you see the what was happening in the incident. Uh, the tactics were bad. There was a police officer who actually does the training for Wilmington PD who actually said that they call those red zones. So if you're going to take any action, um, you shouldn't go for the head or the neck like that physically. They, that, they have a term for that. Uh, and, you know, all of those moves sort of violated the policy of how you would have to take another even take another step in 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 violence so that was their their case and of course like um the defense close was like the full the full apologia you know it was like they're out there they're out there on the line for you and this is what you ask them to do really so that was that the the other funny thing that was mentioned in Lex's piece that I hadn't heard Earlier in the trial, the um, like the Lay's delivery guy who's in the in the in the three C's is just like you know stacking up the the chips or whatever, and uh, he's in there when it happens and he's an eyewitness to it. So they called him earlier in the trial, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm usually like a back the blue guy." He's like, "But that guy's out of control." So it was just fun. <laughs> it was funny to hear like a truck driver, like a like you know like a the guy who delivers the bread and stuff. Who's probably just like a conservative guy mostly, and even use the term back the blue and just say, Yeah, but that guy was totally out of control. Did uh did Officer Waters lie about anything material as well? Like was was I was that what one of the charges revolved around? Perfect. He... So let's let's go okay. to the let's go to the the the, the uh the final because so I do want to mention he was found not guilty of all of the conduct in the Hubbard stop, the Van Buren stop, but even with the nightstick. Right, right. Um, and then found guilty on four of the five charges associated with the Brown incident, which again goes to this jury split. Uh, we were kind of, we figured it was going to be like this anyway. Uh, the only thing I can think is that, again, the the incident, you know, on Van Buren Street with the crowd and people yelling and pulling away and stuff, instead it's dark uh, I think maybe the jury was like, okay, well, we'll give you a free pass on that one, but just get you for the other thing. Plus, um, again, the paperwork was 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 more accurate, we'll just say, for that one. Um, so he was charged with official misconduct on the Brown incident, perjury, falsifying business records, and the same assault three or offensive touching charge. The, there was a there was a fifth charge, perjury, which they actually found him not guilty of. And I don't know whether this was in a statement uh, or an interview after the fact. I, I was I was trying to figure out the difference between the tampering charge, which is the police records charge, which is a felony, 
and the perjury charge, which was a misdemeanor. But again, I don't know. I don't think there's any reason to go into the minutia of it. Um, the tampering charge itself uh, is a is a is a felony, and the assault three uh, is a is a misdemeanor, but it's a pretty significant misdemeanor. And he was found uh, guilty of those and falsifying business records. Hey, it's Delaware. We love. Uh, we've got so many crimes in the state. We love stacking them on top of each other. You got to stack up. Yeah, the, the whole and then of course Malik asked him to poll the jury and like you gotta add gotta talk you gotta say all the eight things again and that some were guilty and some come on Malik, let's go. Get the program. Did uh I was just curious, did you have any FOMO uh that you were not on the jury? No. Okay. No. It's not I I have to um I have to be like appropriate. Like I can't it wouldn't it's not fair. Like I the, it's funny because well well we'll get into the jury. Here's what I found interesting. I think there was a feeling, at least in the Fox case, which is not a the defamation case, but not a, you know a, more of a business case, a civil case. That's what the word I was looking for. There was this thing like, oh, and same thing with Kathy, like, oh, a, a jury in Wilmington will be more diverse than a jury in Kent County. And you'll you you could you could swing sort of like it'll swing that way. It'll swing maybe more more liberal than more conservative, whatever. This jury in Wilmington for a four-day trial was almost all sort of like either retirees or older people. No, no real younger people on it. I think there was a uh one uh maybe a Latino woman and one black man who I think the black man was an alternate. It was just like my grandma and pop pop. Interesting. Which, which, which was, which was, you know, it was like, oh, you're going to get a more diverse jury in Wilmington. Not, no way. Not in this, not in these two cases anyway, which I found very interesting. I also found interesting that they split again, that they looked for like a, they, they really looked at everything, you know, as a sort of a, an individual thing against the elements of that thing based on, you know those specific uh you know those specific pieces of evidence which i thought it's actually i have to say a pretty a pretty sophisticated way to look at it you know we we talked about this in the Kathy trial a lot of people give like these juries you know a, a bunch of shit every so far what i've seen has been um has been very good um with with the with the McCall thing, with the, you know i i don't agree necessarily with all of their 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 deductions but I can't. I, I. There's. There's really no argument I can have with it. It was. You know, they. They seem to have. Um, they seem to have been very thoughtful about it. Anyhow. So. Yeah, you're right. I think that's been a pattern about you know the the litigation we followed. It's uh, jurors tend to take the responsibility very seriously. And they and they pay attention to um, you know more salient details than you know even like us in the audience do. So. Yeah. So I get up, you know, it's guilty. They they let the, he says, I'm going to uh, excuse the jury. You can go back. If you have to leave right now, you can go. I'm going to come back in a couple of minutes just to thank you personally. And they go out and then, you know, there's just a bunch of milling around. So I'm, I'm out. And I see, you know, the defense, he, he does say, you know, just bail's extended. We'll, we'll sentence you in July. And then Malik's like, well, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be on vacation. They're like August. Uh, and he just extended the bail. So the sentencing will be in August sometime. 
But uh, Skaransky walks out. So I'm going to walk out. I mean, if he's not here, nothing really important is going to If the, both of the council aren't there, whatever's happening, I don't need to be here. So I follow him out. Who do we see in the hallway? Old Mop Buckets himself. Matt Denny. No tie on. Open shirt. Him and that, you know, the older cop, one of the one of the AG's uh, police cops, not not uh, not the, uh, Frank, not the baseball not Frank, players, not Frank <laughs> Robinson, the other guy, his but his buddy, but but not as not as hype man. Another guy There was not the Buck Showalter, right, the another third guy. guy. I'm yeah, sure I'd recognize third, him. You, I think you would recognize him if you saw him. So it's it's Denny talking and, and those three guys. And I'm like, hey, what's this a victory party? Did one of those moves and I, you know, Denny's like, hey man, I shook his hand and I just walked out. But it was it was good to see it was good to see uh the big guy. Yeah, I love it. I bet he's like Rob, huge fan. <laughs> I love that I love show. your stuff. That show, yeah. that podcast. You know, right. I don't agree with it all, but I love hearing my own name. <laughs> I, I love being talked about in whatever way. Yeah, who doesn't? Sure, why not? I mean, that's why we're doing it. Yeah, so the 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 last thing I kind of wanted to bring up again is touched on in the uh, the Lex and Connor story. This is the first um, officer who has been actually convicted of sort of like a, a assault. You know, they got McCall on like changing the barrel of his gun. Uh, the Newcastle County guy, I think, with the kids on the bikes, pled out to something. Um, I think the guy from the beach, Bethany or Dewey or something, pled out. Um, and this is the first one who actually was found guilty of an act, of a of a of a behave of an assault during a an altercation with a with a citizen with a regular person. And I have to say, it is it is sort of a little a little bit of like a. a, a a watershed i guess in some fashion um i i actually wrote down just in my scribbling you'll you'll get a, you'll get a kick out of this i said uh doj crackdown question mark and then i scribbled it out because I, you know it's we're not going to go too far here um but i mean I, you have to say that this is a this is uh you know this is sort of it is unprecedented there's no precedent uh in in leobor times of of this yeah, that was a question I had. Did uh, the law enforcement officer's bill of rights, even in passing, come up at all in the day that you were there? Nope. Nah. Okay. Nope. No, not at all. And I don't know whether it was argued before that 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 was. I, I'm trying to think if it was mentioned in in the closing, or if it was argued at all. The situation from from Maryland and and ha having this prior thing, I I have no idea. Um, uh, I don't yeah. I don't remember it being mentioned the day I was there. Yeah, I don't want to get too far off track, but I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, you know, under the iteration of the Bill of Rights that we think will emerge from this General Assembly session, you know, say there wasn't the the uh, the mark, the corner markets video footage, you know, what, how would this have resulted if uh, the, basically the investigating agency of Officer Waters contact here, conduct here just had to write up a, uh, you know, a summary of what happened and then post it to a website. You know, which is what PodPad is going to do. Yeah, and uh, and I will say this: uh, a, a little uh, a little nugget that I found out only after the verdict, uh, as I was leaving and and, and talking to Lex, uh, our friend um, Mr. MMA, uh, the the retired uh, SWAT member Torres, 
was also the expert witness who testified in the Webster case from Dover, who kicked the guy in the head when he was on the floor. Same expert witness and got that guy off. So. That's right. Wow. That guy's a, really a stellar guy. Yikes. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's that's why I looked at look at it like a little bit of a of a of a turn. But uh, you know, I I I don't know. I, I mean, is, is it somebody like Torres going to be on this this post commission? You know, you. I, I feel like everybody on there is going to be like this guy. Uh, it's very possible. I think it's going to Carl... be like tw- 20, 20 of these guys. Yeah, I mean, they define them as more like a more diverse crew, but I, I think that technically you can still install like officers or people who have law enforcement officers in their families, like into all of those positions, which is kind of so. Corrupt. Actually, that did get changed. So okay. the the post commission got an amendment that basically said. If this if a spot is not basically set to be a member of law enforcement or a family member of law enforcement, then it cannot be a member of law enforcement or a family member of law enforcement. So basically, I don't think that applies to like, for example, like Frank Cook's going to be on there as the chair of the public safety committee. But I don't think that disqualifies him. But for like other members of the public that are appointed by the Senate or by the governor or whatever, those cannot be members of law enforcement. So that does make it a bit now, better so is that lock up, what's gonna... that lock lock up like for the lock up our four slots yeah it's still not a lot of people uh so it's not technically a majority of people that are designated as law enforcement uh because i think it was something like eight out of 17 or something like that so but you know you have people in there like frank cook who are not designated members of law enforcement that so it'll still be around a majority cops and then there's a lot of people in there who are not cops but like are obviously very very closely aligned so it doesn't make it that much better, but it does, you know, it does mean that you can't just like, oh, and also we're putting cops in here anyways. So you're not allowed to do that anymore. And well, Carl, that's good. Can, can you just remind me what the post commission would do when like disciplinary action is like uh, summarized and like sort of like written about? Uh, basically, I believe they have the they put it on their website, if I remember correctly. OK, they post about it. They post. They post. That's, yeah, why so that's, the why post. that's why it's the post commission. They just post. <laughs> it's all about you. Just post. You know what you do? Post you do. It. You do some police brutality. You just post through it. All right. This is the fun part. Last. Last thing. We gotta. I, I mean, Bill. Going into this final day, there's scuttlebutt. There's a. There's a rumor. There's innuendo. There's a, gossip. There's been, from what we understand through multiple sources, um, there's been very, very contentious private caucus meetings about many, many things. Do you think any of this matters? Because even if it... The alternative is like Habimus Papam Valerie the First, and I don't see how that's any fucking different. Carl, you don't have to talk about this. I know this is it's off the table, but uh, Bill, what are what are your thoughts? And Carl, I would love to have your thoughts, but you know that's up to you. I uh, you know I thought it was rather interesting that the House did not uh, convene yesterday, like as they usually do in the afternoon. I think Pistol Pete told everyone to stay at home. I don't know if that's actually what happened, but um, 
Yeah, I, it's very interesting to have, you know, I referenced it kind of jokingly earlier, but this this Seaford Charter amendment, amendment Bill being kind of like the lightning rod, like the most controversial piece of legislation, I guess, that's left in the session, and it's being used as a, a weird, crappy bargaining chip. Uh, as far as your question about the leadership change, I kind of am in the same boat, like it would be so rad to get uh, someone who does not just feel like the next generation of uh, you know, the current existing Democrat, Democratic leadership in the pipeline. But doesn't that kind of feel inevitable until, you yeah. know, uh, the left just makes, you know, more inroads? And that's totally possible. I'm not losing faith in that. Meet the new boss. Same as the old boss. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think you hit the nail on the head for me. First of all, I I'm getting, you know, there's definitely a path to power this way. I mean, Carl and I have talked about it, you know, on many occasions. I just don't, I, I think that path to power needs to be fought at a, at a different level. Like, I, I don't know how like this LLC bill, I mean, the LLC bill got national attention from Jacobin, from uh, more perfect union, uh, from even like, even like CNN or something. So uh, salon you know, or yeah, salon or slate. Who, who can tell the difference? The Daily the Beast. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. I don't know. Um, HuffPo. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I think that that's the thing that made it like the issue that's now a, that gave it value to be used as a chit. Do you know what I mean? So it would, that's that just, just for that reason. Uh, it's sort of like the people who uh, want to go back to the gold standard. It's not based on anything. It's just based on this so happened to be something that could get like national attention about how stupid it is, which it is extremely stupid. And I'm glad it got national attention. But two other two other municipalities already have this, you know, and they're well, trying. Oh, to... oh, well, like late breaking. I don't know. Uh, more perfect union. Paul Blest's uh, current employer apparently pulled a bunch of municipalities in Delaware. They just dropped this nugget today that it's like, I don't know, 15 or 20 municipalities already allow uh, non-resident artificial entity owners to vote in certain municipal elections. Because we've been talking all this time. It's like, oh, it's just two or three little towns. Uh -huh. right? But apparently it's it's more it's it's bigger than that. It's more unwieldy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the 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 legislation that's been proposed would be to stop the practice whole statewide from right. the legislature step up, which is exactly what should happen. But they're going to be playing once again, like on every other issue, like catch up with it, and like trying to, you know, clean it up. Uh, you know, who knows how how much longer and how many more LLCs will vote before ten years from now somebody passes this legislation about stopping it. You know. Um, it's a little that's you know that's always discouraging but i think it is it, it it's a great uh it's it's a great sort of uh a metaphor i think because it's like it's ginned up uh national stuff it's definitely there's something there i mean obviously i agree with common cause and, and everybody who are working to, to get stopped because it's it's absurd but like it becomes because it got the national press now it becomes something that like is going to is going to have other sort of inside baseball political you know uh ramifications it's just weird you know it's just uh meanwhile you know real material uh you know changes that we need to at least start discussing again 
Uh, it'll be July uh, in, a f- in a few days, and um, we still will not discuss them. They are not being yeah. discussed. I mean, one kind of reassuring thing, uh, you know, I've just sort of seen like anecdotal scuttle, but, you know, most people are very bothered by allowing corporations to vote, even if it's a tiny town election. I think that it's one of those things kind of like single payer healthcare, that no matter where what you kind of self-style yourself as, whether you consider yourself a uh, conservative or a libertarian or or something else, there are certain things that we can kind of all agree on, things that just like look super weird. And I think that it's incredibly embarrassing to Delawareans that this bill is getting the attention it is. But what's funny is like, if you're from like the Democratic House leadership's perspective, they have this concept of like manners still that is overriding. It's overriding manners. We just, we usually let these charter changes happen when they're requested. We don't push back on them. So it's kind of like, I guess that, I mean, maybe I'm stating the obvious here, but like, that's what the real, that's why they took the day off, I assume, from from meeting as a house yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and and of, let's to kind of sort this out. And I think there's an argument to be made. That's an excellent point. And I think we can go as far as to say, um, you know, there are other sort of what look like minor sort of fights that aren't as minor, um, that aren't insignificant. Um, you know, you you sort of mentioned uh, the the meme stock and the and the uh, AMC case that you're talking about about diluting the stock of um, shareholders. Um, there is a, a a law being considered right now uh, that will impact that uh, in the favor of corporations and not in the favor of the regular shareholder. Um, our friend and comrade, Representative uh, Medina Wilson Anton, has filed uh, a, a a great amendment. Um, that will, you know, address the concern of the corporate law council, uh, and just be narrow in scope, and not allow corporations to take, you know, take a mile when they're given an inch. Yeah. Now, again, it's an inside baseball term, but just like the LLC thing, it is actually it is a strike against an institutional, a very, a, a very um, foundational institutional check in Delaware. Like you said, you know, if these little towns tell us to do it, we just do it. And now we're questioning it. Wait, the Corporation Law Council just tells us to do it. But now we're questioning it. And so all of those all of those blows actually do start to shake things around. Uh, It's just a question of how much they're getting shaken around and, and, you know, and and what we can what kind of changes we can expect from that um, that mix, you know, mixing everything up. But it's definitely a blow. There's a bigger there's a bigger picture, and it is a blow against like institutional systemic power in the state for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And you know, I think also some members of the legislature they don't they don't like to be perceived as just like rubber stamping um, the directives of these large institutional forces in the state. They want to be able to have the opportunity to question things that's that smell fishy. And I think that these are some great examples of it. It's it's uh it's kind of reassuring. Yeah, and 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 I think, um, uh, you know the, and and we've experienced it in some of our work um, behind the scenes, um, the the apparatus that's in place to defend those institutions that basically use the legislature as a way to enhance their power, enhance their product, um, you know, consolidate their power. Um, you know, they, they step up, there's an apparatus there behind the scenes that make it very difficult, uh, for people to move in those, um, in those spaces. 
and it takes uh it takes a lot of um know-how and um just stick-to-itiveness and frankly just great intelligence and a great network of people to be able to challenge it in the first place uh folks thank you again uh for listening um hit us up at patreon.com slash the highlands bunker uh five ten dollars a month really helps the cause uh i can tell you that uh the the session with Joe Fitzgerald, Professor Joe Fitzgerald on Gloria Richardson has been booked. He'll be coming in. I'm very excited about it. Just about finished the book. Uh, I am very, very eager to discuss with some, we'll call them with some principles, um, the, the this, this session that's uh, just ending today, uh, if you're listening to it the day it comes out, um, because I have, a lot of, uh, I have a lot of pent up sort of opinions that I've kept to myself. And uh, once it's over, I'm going to give them. And so that should be fun. Um, yeah, and look out for some new stuff in the call. We're 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 just we're flooding that space with very very important journalism and and thinking and and uh, and organizing. So watch that space. Um, Bill, thank you. Are you going to the are you going to the hearings today? Uh, I'm going to go. I think my plan is to go back check in on the AMC matter tomorrow afternoon. But until then, I'm going to go. I'm going to check back in. I got to clock back in at the LLC factory. So uh, I'll catch you guys in the flip. Uh, Carl, thanks for everything you're doing. Everyone left his best. <laughs> <laughs>